Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges, and this is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Word of God. We're studying the Bible. Our desire is to know God better, know what God has told us more fully so we can be better followers of Christ. We're working our way through 1 John. 1 John is a letter that the Apostle John wrote to a group of churches in the area of Ephesus, and he wrote that late in the first century. This is episode 27. And we are looking at 1 John chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. Let's read the passage. This is how we will know that we belong to the truth and will reassure our hearts before him. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts and he knows all things. Fairly brief passage, but it's somewhat hard to understand. It's worded oddly. Let's review things and then dive into it, see what we can learn from this passage. First, if we look back through verses 11 through 18, John has been making the case that we are called to love one another. He says, if you're really a follower of Christ, then you will love other followers of Christ. We should love one another. As back in verse 18, this is the message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Then he gave the example of Cain, who murdered his brother. And he was evil. He was the prime example of evil. Well, then he gives the prime example of love. And that is Jesus Christ, who laid down his life for his brothers and sisters. And through this, the whole message is, we are called to love our brothers and sisters. I made the point that you know, few of us will ever be called to make that supreme example of love for brothers and sisters that is laid out our lives for one another. But we are called to help each other, have compassion on one another. Uh, last time we looked at verses 17 and 18 where he talked about if you have the ability to meet a need and you see a need but hard your heart, then how can God's love reside in that person? Looking back through verses 11 through 18, this is how we will know. The this is the love and obedience that he's described in verses 11 through 18. By doing that, that is how we will know that we belong to the truth. Now this phrase, this is how we will know, he's used this several times already, and he'll continue to use it several more times throughout his letter, this idea that this is how we know, because there's, there's been this challenge. Just because you say doesn't make it so. It's what you do is what matters, and, and he's calling a people to self-examination, but through it he's saying, this is how you know. Back in uh, chapter 2, verse 3, he says, this is how we know that we know him by be keeping his commands. Then chapter 2, verse 5, he says, this is how we know that we are in him by keeping his word. In chapter 3, verse 16, this is how we've come to know love. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Then here in uh, verse 19, chapter 3, he says, this is how we will know that we belong to the truth. So he's been given these little uh, examples of, well, this is how you know the uh, false teachers have been using the idea of knowledge to lead people astray. You need special knowledge. You need secret knowledge. You need the knowledge that only we have and can tell you to really 
know the truth. And John's saying, no, the, the truth is Jesus Christ. And the challenge is to be a follower of Christ. And this is how you know you're really a follower of Christ. Now, interestingly, in this one, it's a future tense. This is how we will know that we belong to the truth. So he's throwing out the idea, this is something still in the future, something yet to happen. And if you step back and look at this, John has given some really hard standards to meet. I mean, if we look at the first three chapters here, the, the way he's described it, this is what being a follower of Christ really looks like, I think most of us would look at our lives and say, oh, I don't know that I really measure up to that. And so it may conjure up some kind of crisis of belief. <laughs> Am I really a follower of Christ? And that's what John's throwing out here. Well, this is how you will know. When you do have that crisis of belief, this is how you will know that you belong to the truth. Now, the phrase here is, it's worded oddly. This is how we will know that we belong to the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and he knows all things. It's worded oddly, and that's the problem when you translate. You, you have to take the original language and translate it into English, and, and you've got a couple of choices. You can either try and preserve the words of the original language or try to translate the meaning. The, the problem is, as you try to translate the meaning, you're somewhat inserting your own understanding of meaning into it, and you may lose something. So this is the Christian Standard Bible, and they're, they're leaning toward the preservation of the original language as much as they can. And so as we read this, uh, as I read it, I, I have trouble making sense of it. The New Living Translation uh, leans more to the preserving meaning and uh, not preserving the, the original words. And I think they've got a really good translation for these two verses. The, the way they translate this, our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. I think they've got a really good translation there, that this is what it means, but as we translate the original words, uh, it, it starts to get complicated. The issue is our actions, that's what the this, this is how we know. This is referring back to verses eight, 11 through 18, the, the uh, description of love and obedience. You know, if we're actually doing that, our actions show that we belong to the truth. Not what we say, not any labels, but what we've done, how we live our lives are the proof that we're followers of Christ. And when our hearts accuse us, that is when we say, I, I don't know that I'm really living up to the standard when I stand before God. He says, even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. And he knows everything. So there's comfort there. The issue is I'm not a follower of Christ because I feel that I'm a follower of Christ. I'm not a follower of Christ because I've applied a label. 
I'm not only a follower of Christ when I feel good about my relationship with God. Because God is greater than my feelings, and God is the one that says I'm a follower of Christ. Now, there is proof followers of Christ actually follow Christ, but it's not up to do I feel good enough, do I feel worthy, do I feel that I am doing all that I need to do. The, the question is, what has God said? And the good news there is it's pretty simple what God has said. God's given us the gospel. The gospel of if we go to God in faith, faith of what Jesus did on the cross, confess our sins, ask for forgiveness in faith, that God does forgive us and adopt us. Then we are followers of Christ. And that's what God has said. So it's not up to how I feel. It's up to what God has said. Now, there is always a, a call for self-examination. Am I actually following Christ? And if I say, well, I don't think I am. Well, then there's one. is Go back to that. Have I, in faith, repented of sin and asked God to forgive me? And I say, well, yeah, I've done that. But I still don't feel like I'm following Christ. Well, then the challenge there is, well, start following Christ. And look at what you should be doing on a regular basis. Not to earn your salvation. Your salvation was earned for you by what Jesus did on the cross. But am I really doing what God has called me to do? Am I following Christ? And, and that begins with the relationship. How's my relationship with God? Is it strong? Is it dynamic? Do I desire to be with God? Do I desire to be in God's word? Do I desire to be with God in prayer? Do I desire to be with God's people? And if those questions are, well, not so much, that's the indication there's, my relationship is, is lukewarm and I need to spice it up some. How do you spice it up? By focusing on the one you love, spending more time with him, trying to learn more about him, learning more about what he wants, what he desires, what he wants for me and how he wants me to follow him. Spending time with God's people, spending time with God in prayer. So quite often our feelings do follow our actions. And when our feelings are lukewarm, then one way to address that is, is in action. And here, you know, John's saying, it's not our feelings that matter. It's what God has said. But our actions matter. So our actions matter and what God has said matters. So if I'm confident of my relationship with God through Christ, and by, I still don't feel good, well, examine my actions. And my actions can influence my feelings. Quite often my feelings will follow my actions. Do what God's called you to do. And you know what God's called you to do by being in the Word of God. And then see if your feelings follow. Thanks for joining me. Join me next time as we continue working our way through 1 John.